Coming to you from the breakfast taco capital of the world, it's the most unique hour of sports talk streaming worldwide. Worldwide. And beyond. And beyond. Live from the Alamo City, it's the Two Shots Podcast, hosted by Joe Garcia. Welcome to another episode of this Two Shots Podcast. I can't believe that we are gathered together for another episode. You know, and we're going to be joined here by our lovely co-host, the one and only Chelsea Torres. Chelsea, it's a pleasure to have you back joining us, talking Spurs basketball. How have you been? It's an honor to be here. I've been fantastic. Even better now. Right. Yas queen. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also going to be joined by the one and only Benjamin Bornstein. Ben, how's it going over there in Georgia? Oh, I thought we were going to go somewhere else there for a second. <laughs> no. So um, no, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and start, you know, talking about San Antonio Spurs basketball. We got some things to talk about because we just had Spurs Media Day that occurred on Monday. And it was kind of a, a lighthearted affair, should we say. You know, they rolled out Jakob Portal, Thaddeus Young, DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Derek White. You know, the slew of the San Antonio Spurs young core newcomers, you know, Dougie McBuckets, Doug McDermott, I think he made an appearance as well, you know, so they're just trying to go ahead and talk to everybody. Everybody was having a good time. It was kind of a, you know, like a lighthearted affair, like I said. The, the, the vibe of the whole, I guess, Spurs media day had one thing in common, though. Even Coach Pop came out and said, we are not a super team by any means. And the mantra, I think he said, of, of this coming season is, we're going to have fun. These guys are going to be having a lot of fun on the court. They're going to be young. They're going to be energetic. They're going to be going, running up and down the court, you know. So I, I think Coach Pop is trying to really brace the fans for the inevitable. And that is that, hey, we're in a full-on rebuild. And with that, you're going to get a lot of inexperience. While you're going to have a lot of youth out there, they're going to look exciting. They're going to run up and down the court with the best of them. Probably have some high-flying dunks, you know, some spectacular you know, alley-oops here and there. But is it going to translate into a lot of wins? I think with Coach Pop's, uh, what he was saying to the media, I think he's kind of preparing for, no, it's not. You know, I think he's just here to get the 26 wins so he can be the NBA's all-time winningest coach. But honestly, going into this season, the mantra was fun. So that was my takeaway. What was your takeaway from the Spurs Media Day, Chelsea? Um, well, I love that you said lighthearted because I feel like that's the perfect way to describe how this season is going to be lighthearted. One thing that I noticed about Pop's interview in Media Day is that he said that building up this team was purposeful. And I think he's very excited. You can tell how excited he was. Um, again, how lighthearted all of the players were when doing their interviews. But in particular, Pop, I just feel like. He's excited to build up this team, right? He has all of these guys that are so young, a few guys with good experience. Um, you have Keldon Johnson, who at least has some star experience with being with on the Olympic team this past year, last year. And so I think for him, he's just excited to have these young guys and kind of mold them and play simple basketball. We're not going to go out there. He already said it's not going to be any superstars. You know, I, I think... Most Spurs fans realistically know we're not going to make it to the championships. Um, I don't even know how deep of a playoff run the Spurs can possibly make, but I'm more excited just to see 
how this team evolves. And I love that they're young because it almost feels like a, a college team in a way. And I think that's what I like about it. It's just, let's just go out there and play ball and let's see how it goes. I, I like that feel. Yeah, the fun feel. It takes the pressure feel. off, you know? Yeah, that's the fun feel. You know, so Ben, I know you heard a lot, you know, most of the interviews that were going on in, you know, Spurs Media Day. What was your takeaways from the whole thing? I love that um, Chelsea just said it's there's less pressure. And it, I, I think that's exactly what the whole vibe was. It's they're they're lighthearted right now because they know Vegas has us winning somewhere between 28 and 32 games. 28 is that's generous. That's fine ben. with us. We're going to play underdog <laughs> all year. We're going to have fun. We're going to play basketball to the best of our ability, and we're going to have fun doing it. Pop's going to keep it simple. Hopefully, don't give, don't bog them down in too much stuff. But I think, for me, the biggest thing is they they went out and they got shooters this off season, which very much excites me. It's going to give guys like Keldon Johnson, Dejounte Murray, and Derek White more space to work with. And I think having no go to guy is is both a positive and a negative. In that, you know, the negative is well, who's going to score for us if we need a bucket at the end of a game? The positive is. The defense has no idea what we're about to do for the last bucket at the end of the game, potentially. So we can draw up anything we want. We can, I can go to any player I want if I'm Popovich and say, guess what? You're a decoy tonight. You're hitting the shot tonight. Uh, I want you setting a screen because no one's going to see it coming. Uh, Pirtle is, we're going to throw an alley-oop to Pirtle on an inbounds. Why not? You know, who, who knows what we're going to see? But I think, to me, the unknown is the most exciting part. Popovich is getting to see a bunch of new faces from guys that he hasn't gotten to see on his sideline yet. He's not dealing with 10-year vets who need the ball in their hands. He's not dealing with guys who you know, maybe don't feel the same way about the game that they did earlier in their career or – you know, there's just there's just a lot more possibilities. It's you have a Pandora's box of what can happen, and so I'm just ready for that box to be open. Yeah, it's funny. Chelsea's dogs making an appearance, making an appearance. Sorry, here. Ben, <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, she wants All her good. mama's Love attention. Love me some dogs. Yeah, she wants mama's attention. <laughs> so I think you know your sentiments are, are are right on par with what I think the rest of us are thinking. You know, this is a team that is. For all intents and purposes, and we can go ahead and segue into this now, they're looking for their identity. You know, as you stated, we don't know what they're going to wind up doing. There is no legit NBA star on this team. You know, we don't have anybody. We don't have a go-to anymore. Oh, give it to DeMar at the end of the game. We don't have that person. We don't have a Patty Mills. We don't have a Rudy Gay. You know, for all the fans that have, you know, been clamoring since, what, the last two seasons? Let's get rid of everybody. They're taking up so-and-so's minutes. They're taking up, you know, Devin Vassell's minutes. They're taking up Luca's minutes. They're taking up Lonnie's minutes. Okay, well, be careful what you ask for because this is going <laughs> to be the year that you're going to get a ton of the younger players playing. And, you know, for better or for worse, they're going to go out there and they're going to probably be a fun team to watch for a couple of quarters. But is it going to translate to a lot of wins? Probably not. Going to be a lot of heartache, inexperience, some boneheaded plays near the end of the games. But at the end of the day, every team goes through this. The Spurs, I think they've been lucky, you know, over the course of the last 20 plus years when they were constantly in the playoffs, you know, they kind of were breaking that mold. You know, they didn't have a full on rebuild 
but no team can escape that. And this is going to be the San Antonio Spurs team uh, turn at this point in time to go ahead and rebuild. And with the rebuild comes a little history lesson. You know, the San Antonio Spurs look to the draft in the in the past to go ahead and build the team back up. You know, they did that with David Robinson in the draft. They did the same thing with Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, you know, and the cycle's going to continue. They didn't really make any sexy trades way back when. The only one that they did that really mattered was the one with Kawhi Leonard, you know, when they traded away uh, our guard that we had here. I forget his name already. George Hill. We traded George. How dare you forget his Hill. name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespect. Well, we traded him away and we winded up flipping that into Kawhi Leonard, you know, so <laughs> that was a trade that we made. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out because Kawhi, as we know, did not last. But needless to say, the Spurs are looking for their identity. They're going to start looking to the draft to see what they can do as far as trying to find that next superstar that you, in fact, build around. You know, this team, we don't know what they're going to do. That's the thing. It's the unexpected, the not knowing that's kind of a big question mark and it's exciting because we enter this new era of San Antonio Spurs basketball which a lot of the younger players have never gone through they're going to go through it this season and they're going to be really upset on Spurs Twitter it's going to it's going to be let's burn the whole damn thing to the ground every day you know after every game people are going to be fighting with each other so as we kind of transition here and the team looks for its identity what are you going to be expecting out of this San Antonio Spurs team, uh, Chelsea, as far as them trying to find themselves. I can't imagine that this season they'll even find their identity. I feel like this season is going to be finding out players who are really going to be able to be the playmakers on the team. Um, but as for an actual identity, I don't know if this season is, if they're going to be able to pinpoint that. And I'm okay with that. I'm really honestly not expecting very much. I I'm expecting good passing. You know, I'm expecting good basketball. It is the NBA. This is the big leagues. Um, <laughs> I'm really just expecting, as sad as it is to say, just the bare minimum when you're watching an NBA team. Now, that doesn't mean that I think that the Spurs are going to be having a losing season. I mean, it I guess it's possible. But I do expect them to win quite a few games. I just... I'm not expecting to see anything show-offy or anything crazy. They literally are just going to be out there having fun. I, you know, it's funny. When I was watching a lot of media gate or media day, and um, I've just been seeing clips here and there between the players and how fun they are with each other. It honestly just feels like a band of brothers. Like they're just brothers hanging out, playing street ball. Hey, let's just go play seven on seven real fast. You know, outside for a couple hours. Like it's just going to be fun and that's that's what i'm expecting to watch i'm expecting to watch a game that is going to be fun I, I hope it's not boring i hope it's not oversimplified which i don't think it would be but i just want it to be fun to watch that that's all i expect yeah is that I, bad that i don't have big expectations i think all. you have okay. the right train of thinking a lot of other spurs fans you know after two seasons of not making the playoffs it's playoffs or bust, and if the team doesn't make the playoffs, they're absolutely done. The front office doesn't know what they're doing. It's fire pop. <laughs> it's fire everybody. Let's get rid of every single player and rebuild from the bottom up. You know, the whole thing's a bust. That's that's the wrong consensus. 
you know, going into the season. You have to lower your expectations and say, we are, in fact, in a full rebuild. You know, Ben, kind of pull us off the ledge. What are we going to be expecting with this team <laughs> trying to find themselves? Listen, if it were up to me, this would be a straight tank job. All right. <laughs> a tank job? Yeah, because this draft is incredibly good. There are two players at the top who are who could be franchise changers. So if it was me, granted, I would want good basketball to be played, but also if you're losing games, I'm not mad about it. Um, because now I get to go scout top 10 picks, which is exciting to me personally. So uh, for selfish reasons, it's tank job. But for unselfish reasons, I do believe this team is going to miss the playoffs, and that's fine. And part of it is, you know, this you were kind of, bound to have this happen with the personnel and the contracts that you had over the last four or five years. Um, there were a couple of bizarre things that happened. The LaMarcus Aldridge stuff was a little weird. Uh, the buyout, and then he goes to Brooklyn. He retires because of heart issues, and now he's back. So it's a whole thing. But um, I think the Spurs are probably better off. And as far as identities go, I think this team is very much going to be a, a penetrating kick team. Now that they have some shooters to space the floor, I think DeJounte Murray, Derek White, and Lonnie Walker are going to have opportunities to drive to the paint and kick out to their shooters. Uh, namely, Dougie McBuckets, my guy, who I have been a huge fan of since he was at Creighton. So thank you, Dougie McBuckets. You made my summer. I appreciate you very much. <laughs> and, uh, of course, they went out and they got Zach Collins, who is a nice little pet project for them if – they, they gave him a solid enough contract. If he if he pans out and he stays healthy, great great signing. If he doesn't, they're okay. Doesn't hurt him. He doesn't have a fully guaranteed deal, so it's fine. And you know now you get to hand the offense over to your young guys, to your to your Dejounte, to Lonnie, to Derek, and a little bit of Keldon, and say, all right, it's your guys go. Get out and transition. Run. Have fun. We know there were some guys on the team last year who kept you from running. Don't let them keep you from running. We're going to go full Forrest Gump. Just run. Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. You know, the consensus is you got to lower your expectations. I mean, we're in a full rebuild mode here. It's not going to be world beaters. We're not going to be going to the NBA finals. You know, I mean, we got we to gotta be realistic about the approach that we take this season. And I think that's fair, you know, to, to kind of tell that to Spurs fans because – even the team has said this, even in Spurs Media Day. They've been preparing you guys for this for a little bit already. It's here. And there's nothing we can do about it other than you can support the team because I supported the team through the good and the bad. I was here when they went through this phase years ago before David Robinson. Even after David, a lot of heartache in the playoffs when they finally broke on through, made it into the first round, got knocked out, made it into the first round, got knocked out. Even the year that they had the best record in the NBA. They got trounced by the Houston Rockets, and Hakeem the Dream made David Robinson look horrible. You know, he outplayed him third-handedly that in was, that series. That was a Houston team that had no business being the eighth seed, but they had injuries all year. Yep. They they either should have been like a top-four seed or not in the playoffs at all, but that's you want to get into some conspiracy theories. No, that's man. one of those. <laughs> that's your number one. Here we oh, go. Number, no, no. One number one conspiracy theory is the frozen envelope for sure. Wait, I don't know the frozen envelope. Oh, 
I'll tell you about that. We we don't have the time yeah. okay, for this sorry. podcast, but I will tell you about that. That that would be a whole different podcast with Ben spewing his yeah, NBA conspiracy. Just give me that conspiracy podcast. We're gonna ride. Yeah. yeah, but you know, you get the gist of it. I mean, the the Spurs have to go ahead and go through heartache. They have to go through their ups and downs. It, it kind of shapes the the players into them, you know, getting better because they're learning. You know, it has to hurt. It's gonna sting. And it makes them get better. They're going to work out more. They're going to start, you know, getting angry. It's kind of like dodgeball, right, Ben? You got to get mean. You got to get angry, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to really want this. And that's what happens. I mean, it, it's a growing process. It doesn't happen overnight. Might not even happen in one season. It might take two seasons. It might take three seasons. It might take four seasons. I mean, that's what makes getting back to the promised land so special. You know, and when the Spurs finally wind up getting back to the playoffs and they start becoming a household name again and people start talking about him as NBA, you know, maybe they can go ahead and go into the NBA finals. Maybe they can be the next champs. You got to embrace that time because it doesn't last forever, you know, as we kind of saw. So when it does happen again, make sure that you were here for the bad times as well as the good. Don't be that bandwagon fan that comes out. And as, oh. in, even during those uh, amazing finals runs. The Spurs never went back to back. No, which is crazy because there were there were a lot of teams that, uh, well, there were a lot of really good teams that went back to back. I mean, Lakers had a ton, and Boston had a ton, and you know, yeah, you can argue those. Even were the much Rockets had back to back. Won all those games, but um, I mean, it is very hard to not only to win. In the finals, back to back, but just to get there, that thirteen fourteen season was the sorry the thirteen fourteen finals were huge. I mean, even though the Spurs lost in thirteen, for them to take that and come back and get to the fourteen finals and then beat that same Heat team is incredible. And like you're saying, Joe, it's just you just got to appreciate it, and that's that's why the the good times are the good times and yeah. bad times are hard. <laughs> They're hard. Yes, they are. So, which brings us I'm to curious. one. I'm curious. Oh, sorry. Go. I was just going to say I'm curious, though, because I don't keep up with Spurs Twitter enough, right? I keep up with you guys and, like, a handful of people, but I don't keep up with, like, the whole slew of the Twitterites out there that are all about the Spurs. And so I'm curious, like, don't they think the same that we're thinking? No, or... no, not at all. This they, is this Chelsea, is the they consensus. They are irrational. Yeah. <laughs> This is the consensus, Chelsea. Much, if you, much like the rest of Twitter, they are irrational. Yeah. Okay. So if you support the team through the good and the bad, the acronym that mm -hmm. they give you is you're the sheep. You blindly follow the team. You don't go ahead and demand change. You you need to ban you know the team, period, and not even go to a single game. Don't buy the merchandise. Don't say nothing good about the team. And these are the same people that watch every single game, you know, and they have something to say. But don't support the team. You know, so it's like, just just support the team through the good and the bad. Just be a fan. You know, Agreed. Every, you know, it happens. I mean, it, it's okay. You know, we're not impervious to this. I mean, every team goes through this. It's just when mm -hmm. you go on Spurs Twitter, you have the faction of fan that's they want to demand change and they want things to happen right now. Things don't happen like that. You don't just flip a switch, Ben, and tomorrow, oh, they're world beaters. You know, it, it doesn't happen that way. It's a process. I'll tell you what, though. It's possible to flip a switch and go the other direction. Just ask oh. about the magic. Yes. 
Yes, that yes, is I went true. There. That hurt me deeply to say that, but I said it. <laughs> Growing up in Orlando, that cuts deep. But that's what's happened. Yeah. Okay? You traded Dwight to L.A., and you died. <laughs> Literally died. Like, fell off the earth, died. Yeah, that is true. But you I wanted- know what, though? What's, what's interesting is I almost feel like that's kind of how the Spurs have been this season throughout the media because I think I read that the Spurs only have – five national games that are going to be on TV. That sounds right. And only and four of those are going to be on NBA TV. Lame. So it's just like okay, you know? I but mean But that's but even when the Spurs were I mean, when the Spurs were good, they probably had at their peak as far as national TV games go, I think they probably had 20 25 because they don't like the San Antonio market. It's not big yeah, for them. Small market. But the the parody has gotten much worse as far as who appears on national TV and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really want to get into that, uh, there were times during those Golden State prime years, where during during that you know the time they got to the finals three or four years in a row, they were on TV. Almost half their games were on national TV. True. I mean, for you talking about forty one games a year, I know that there are bad teams in the league, but. You shouldn't have to buy League Pass, which, by the way, is a terrible product. But you shouldn't have to buy League Pass in order to see some of those teams play. Everybody should get at least one or two national games. There is absolutely no reason why ESPN and TNT can't do that. They choose not to because, you know, I get it. You don't want to put a bad basketball game out there on your national TV in that slot during the week or on your weekend. It doesn't look great, but at the same time, those teams deserve to get some shine, even if they might be bad. But, you know, the league will never operate that way. Yeah, they want to make money, you know. That's at the end of the day. Yeah. They can't sell sponsorship if you're running out a team that's only won two or three games the whole season. Who's going to want to see that, you know? Well, you can't sell me League Pass either if it's not going to work half the time and I can't watch it on my computer. Oh, so there's a workaround. There's also that. There's a workaround, Ben. Get something called a VPN. It's a game changer. All right, done. Yeah, we'll talk about well, that. The other problem I have with League Pass is that they don't show games in HD. It's SD, which is incredibly oh, stupid. Really? This is 2021. They're behind. Uh, yes. Agreed. It is 2021. Chelsea, thank you for <laughs> saying that. Should we write a letter to them? I don't know. Is that 2021 enough for them? <laughs> I don't Are they going to receive that letter? I think, I think Ben's SD, jaded. Maybe we should mail a letter. <laughs> Ben's like, you know what? Right. He just finished watching the movie White Chick, so he's going to be, you know what? I'm going to write a letter <laughs> to your manager. <laughs> That's going to be Ben. But, you know, I wanted to seriously, when we get back on track here and, and talk about as teams transition and they go through these lulls and they go through their rebuilds, one of the things that they almost all have in common is they have a new coach. You know, mm. we did that with one, you know, Bob Hill and Greg Popovich. You know, Pop had to go ahead and fire the guy. Tell him, okay, don't get back on that bus. Yeah, I'm taking over. There's a new sheriff in town, you know? So Coach Pop went ahead and took over the head coaching duties, and the rest was history. It was the right move at the right time. Now, pretty sure Bob Hill ended up coaching the Magic at some point, too. Yeah. Throwing that out there just for Orlando (laughs) Magic fan misery. And that didn't go anywhere. It didn't go very well. But the thing is, the thing is, is like as we are starting to transition here, how many more years does Coach Pop? coach this team i mean and really you know him just being 
you know, lighthearted with the media this season, you know, and even last season, just having fun, seemed to really savor the moments and enjoying everything. I think he knows the time is is nigh. It's it's right around the corner. My heart actually tells me if the Spurs win more than 26 games, he's going to go down in history as the NBA's most winningest coach ever. He's already won five NBA championships. He's already won an Olympic gold medal. What else does he have to do? At this point, I think, really, he's going to probably say, okay, is, is it time for me to go ahead and step away and hand the reins over to somebody else, like maybe Becky Hammond or an, another successor? You know, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't want him to, you know, just not coach anymore. I mean, we love Coach Pop, but at the same time, that transitional period does need to occur where you have the changing of the guard, so to speak. So do you think that we're seeing Coach Pop coach his last season with the San Antonio Spurs, Chelsea? Ah, that's so hard to tell. You know, I feel like the last five to ten years of my life, people talk about this every single year. Is this Pop's last year? Is this Pop's last year? It's so hard to tell. I actually like the fact that this is a completely different team. That pressure is kind of off of him. I don't know how old Pop is. He's, what, 70-something, right? I think 72. Like 72. 72. 72. Okay. For a 72-year-old, I feel like this is exactly what he wants. He wants a young team that can just go out and have fun and play ball against some of the biggest stars in the NBA. But I don't think if you were to ask him, I'm, I'm sure he's been asked this already, about the 26 wins. I don't know what his answer was, but I can imagine knowing Pop, he doesn't give a shit, right? It, that's just how Pop is. He doesn't care. He just wants to go out there and he literally just wants to play good basketball. And he wants to teach these guys great fundamental basketball. So is it his last year? I don't think so. I think depending on how the season goes, um, maybe next season would be more of an option of thinking, okay, could it... Could he literally be near the end? And I only say that because of his age. Um, because I would think he might be one of the oldest coaches, if not the oldest coach in the NBA right now. Would you guys know that answer? Because I, I don't. I think he is one of the most seniored uh, coaches right seniored. now in there the NBA. Go. Definitely, yes. He is an elder statesman of this league. <laughs> okay, a senior uh, coach in the NBA I would only say maybe next season. This season, I don't, I don't see it happening. Only because I just, I feel like he, he's excited for this. This is almost bringing him back to his younger days, and so I think that's something that he's excited about, and he wants to live through that and take full advantage as much as he possibly can. Yeah, but at what point in time do you go ahead and hand the reins over to a new, new uh, head coach? You know, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, and I, and you're right. I mean. I honestly thought this probably would have happened a good five years ago. I kind of thought, man, you know, Pop's in his 60s. Like, this is when we still had, you know, Manu and Tim and all of them. And, and it was just, it just seemed like maybe it's time to settle it and, you know, hand it off. But then he just, I just feel like he enjoys coaching. He enjoys working. He's one of those guys that enjoys working and enjoys coaching, and he just wants to enjoy the game. And you would think from his standpoint and from the coaching staff standpoint, you know, maybe it's best that you give the reins to somebody else, but I don't think anybody's really pushing for it in the front office, and why would you yeah. at this point? You know, what's what reason do we have to believe that it's time for him to give it up? 
Okay. We're going to go ahead and ask you that same question, Ben. Do you think this is Coach I mean, Pop's last season as the Spurs head coach? No. Um, and mostly I say that because his contract currently runs through next season. I would imagine, and when he signed the, when he signed the contract, it was only a three-year contract. It wasn't like a five or a six or a seven, whatever. It wasn't a long deal. It was an intermediate deal. So I think at the very least he runs through next season. He coaches through next season. Um, he will, unless something absolutely atrocious, horrific, we're talking bottom of the bottom 76ers, like winning 10 games, unless something absolutely atrocious like that happens, he's getting the record. Um, it should be this year. If not, it'll be at the very beginning of next year, at the very worst. Um, and I, he wouldn't stick around just for that record, but selfishly i want that for him because he does i think he deserves that um and he did it all with one team which i'm not sure uh lenny wilkins and don nelson can also say so um i really want that for him as well but i think he stays at least another year and who knows we might see somewhere in the middle of this season that he signs another contract extension for like a year maybe two and so that'll kind of give us an idea because he wouldn't he wouldn't sign an extension and then retire early in the middle of that contract yeah don't bring that evil uh ben because you know spurs twitter is going to come for you how dare you you know say don't that you bring coach that pop, evil on me ricky bobby yeah <laughs> how dare you say coach pop is going to go ahead and sign an extension and the spurs allow it you know the spurs twitter faithful will come for you <laughs> they'll be upset you know right, they want change yeah exactly they want change they want it now but you know Regardless of what happens, I'm just going to enjoy the season. I'm going to enjoy watching Coach Pop out there, have fun with, you know, having fun with the guys and just, you know, looking at, at how he's going to respond out there on the, the sidelines because this is a different Coach Pop than in years past. You know, he's kind of not that he's calmed down, but he just sees the game in a different way now, you know, and he can respond differently uh, to this new generation of player, you know, and sometimes the the old Pop, uh, you know, getting Tony and, Screaming and yelling at him and all that, that doesn't work anymore. So he's going to go ahead and uh, find new ways to communicate with these young guys. And I think it's it's kind of endearing. You know, they kind of look at him at that as that father figure. And, you know, Coach Pop has a lot of fun with them in practice. You know, he even does sprints running up and down the court with the guys, you know. So how fun is that? You know, watching Coach Pop run up and down the court with you at 72 years of age. That's amazing. You know, you know Joe, since you mentioned that, what – all of this reminds me of with uh, Coach Pop right now. It reminds me of like a dad, but it reminds me of my dad. So my dad was so strict growing up, right? Like mean, strict. And now that there's a grandbaby in the family, he's like the nicest guy. And he's such a teddy bear. And he's <laughs> so fun. God, so soft. soft. So soft. And that's exactly how I see Coach Pop. He's like the grandfather. Like his kids were Tim, Manu, uh, Parker, and that team, that band. And now he's like the grandfather. And it's all these young kids. And he gets, he's just like, this is so cool. You know, that's how I see him right now. Soft. <laughs> just kidding yeah, he's Twitter, still, don't come after me he's still a fiery old <laughs> geezer you know he's still gonna fire, get fired up and get kicked out of some games I'm sure Ooh, you know, I he hope got so. ejected from a few games last season didn't he? I yeah, hope so on purpose <laughs> he's like you know what gotta send a message to the refs man no he probably said you know what I just want to piss Tim off and I want him to coach so I'm out 
Yep. You know, <laughs> gotcha. In that uncomfortable position. Yep. <laughs> you know, going out, giving him the thumbs up. Gotcha. You know, <laughs> you know, so that Have would fun. be. Yeah, exactly. That would be very coach pop like, you know, I'm going to get kicked out one second and just, you know what? Let's see what Becky can do. I'm out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he, you know, he's just has a different aura about him now, you know, as he's becoming a more senior uh, coach and, you know, Kind of, you know, getting these young, these younger players now and, and having to find ways to communicate with them. So it, it's going to be fun to see what happens, what transitions uh, during this this season. But one of the things that I did want to talk about, too, is we got one bit of news that was kind of exciting to all San Antonio Spurs fans. And that is the return of one Manu Ginobili coming back to the San Antonio Spurs. I was like, hell Yes. We're getting the great Manu Ginobili back, and he's going to be given the acronym uh, Special Advisor to Basketball Relations. And players, he's going to be basically helping develop the players, player development. He's going to be a scout, and as Coach Pop had said, he's going to go ahead, go ahead and help in any other area that they need him. So basically, they're going to let Manu do what Manu wants, you know? And that's a great thing. He has so much knowledge. I mean, you're going to be... You know, they're, the, the young guys are going to be taught by one of the best, one of the greats, you know, to ever play the game. I mean, so much basketball knowledge there. And if they wanted someone to respond to, well, you, you got Manu Ginobili. You want to listen when he speaks, you know. So I was very excited about the return of one Manu Ginobili. How did you feel, Ben? Oh, I was ecstatic. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for this. I, I, I don't, it doesn't even matter what he's doing. I don't even care what his title is. He's going to be somewhere in the building, hanging out with dudes, passing on institutional knowledge, uh, probably telling some great Popovich stories to embarrass him. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Everyone's having a good time. All right. Everybody have fun tonight. They're going to tell Pop. They're going to say, hey, remember the time Coach Pop fell asleep on the bus? You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so there, there'll be some Which good stories like, to share. You know, remember the, the time, time? Remember the time that I went, a, went ahead and caught that bat with one hand? You know, got those rabies shots. <laughs> the best part is he did it in the age of YouTube. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we still Classic. have that. And what do you think about Manu Ginobili returning to the San Antonio Spurs, Chelsea? It's so cool. It's like he's obviously a role model for all basketball fans, but it's the fact that he's like a big brother. And he. it's almost like he's... He's a part of comfort there for those young basketball players because, right, there's no superstar on the team. There's no guy on the team that has that long-tenured experience. But now you have a guy like Manu there who will just come in and be there on and off the court and talk to them like a big brother, help them out with whatever they could possibly need. And I don't think it's – I mean, this is one of the best decisions that uh, we've definitely seen from the Spurs organization in recent years by far. Yeah, and if they did it from a, a point of, you know, trying to spin this with the PR and all that, I mean, they did a miraculous job. Genius, bringing Manu Ginobili back, you know. Once they show him up there on the Jumbotron, the fans are going to go crazy. Manu, yep. you know, Ginobili. Yep. <laughs> and if they bring out new Manu Ginobili merchandise, you can't oh, say anymore. That would be great. Selling out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely. Limited editions, you know, only at the games. You can only get this jersey or a T-shirt. I mean, they'd be gone in, in a matter of seconds, you know? If there is one NFT I could buy, I would love to buy an NFT of the moment when uh, David Stern actually announced 
his he name. announced the pick for Manu Ginobili. I can still remember it. Emmanuel Ginobili. Ginobili. <laughs> I was like, man, he butchered that. Yeah, that was a great one, man. I remember that too. That was fun. You, you should. They should have that NFT. Ben will buy it. He's just probably going to need about 150 grand. Sheesh. The way these NFTs are going, man. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So as we start bringing the show to a close, we have one more topic of discussion here. And that's, you know, as this team is searching for themselves this coming season, who is going to emerge on this team as the leader mm-hmm. of this team? Because we don't even know who that might be. There's been a lot of talk about it could be DeJounte. Maybe it could be Derek. Maybe it could be Jakob. Maybe it could be somebody else, you know. Maybe it could actually be one of these new guys that we got, you know, Dougie McBuckets. I mean, he's not a, a rookie by any means, you know. We're getting some some tenured uh, players come into this uh, San Antonio Spurs team, and they're bringing their veteran leadership as well. So the question is, who do you guys think is going to be the go-to person, the leader of this team for all intents and purposes? We'll start with you, Chelsea. I really want to see DeJounte Murray kind of break out this year. He's my He was my favorite player last year, and being leading scorer last year for the Spurs, he's so versatile, and he just has so much energy and agility on the floor. I love that fact. I love that he's such a great playmaker, um, and the Spurs obviously need him. We know he's going to be playing a lot of minutes, so to me, that's the player that I expect. If we're talking about expectations, if we're talking about a guy who um, – I see really break out this season. I would say DeJounte for sure. And I'm sticking with it. Well, DeJounte has actually said a lot, you know, over the course of the last, what, couple seasons. Hey, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to be a leader and I want to be a leader. Well, this is, you know, in fact, his opportunity to back it up. Yeah, back it up. So, Ben, who do you think is going to emerge as the leader? Well, it's like John says, I'm his nap. I'm the franchise boy. I'm shining now. It's DeJounte Murray. That's right. I just recited John Cena's theme song, and there's oh, nothing you can God. do about that on this podcast. We that got happened. it. We got it on video too, so we might put that up. Oh goodness. Snip it, cut it, whatever. Use it. That's my promo now. <laughs> that should be how you open the show. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to kind of make that music for his intro now. He's gonna have to wear the you I can't just see want me. The trumpet so bad. Oh my God. That that intro but music I, is horrible, by the way, though, man. It's it's kind of lame. Stop. You stop. It's lame. Blast. It's Discontinue lame. Discontinue your speaking, sir. Um, he looks like a, a freaking uh, Power Ranger, man. Come on now. I'm sorry. I was unaware there was anything wrong with Power Ranger. Anyway, I'm just playing. I'm just giving you a hard time. I think DeJounte Murray is going to be the guy this year. I would agree with Chelsea. I very much want to see him become the leader that he has wanted to be for the last few seasons. Um, he has a great opportunity to not only physically and emotionally lead this team, but I think he has an opportunity to do it in other areas as well. And for that's a guy who has been preaching about it a long time, and he has he has shown that he's taking the steps to get there. So I just I want to see him take that last step and say, yes, I'm I'm the leader of this team. I'm looking out for my guys. We got each other's backs. And we're gonna we're gonna do this right. Now, if you want to talk about the leader for this team, energy wise, that's always gonna be Big Body, hundred percent. That man is gonna be screaming in the hallways after after he got out of a, an ice tub or something. I mean, he just <laughs> that's just his energy all the time. I mean, that's that is 
and I don't want to sound cliche, but that is honestly the most important thing he brings to this team. And he does a lot of other things incredibly well. He is a great rebounder at his size. He plays with a ton of grit, but that energy is something that people cannot duplicate. And just that, that is a huge advantage for this team, I think. So uh, if, if you want to give, if you want an answer other than DeJounte Murray, I would say Keldon Johnson is going to be your energy and good vibes leader. Good vibes. That's right. Good vibes only. Yeah. You know what? We need to get Chelsea a jersey that says that. Good vibes. <laughs> yes. I'm so downsies with that. <laughs> Yeah, so custom Fiesta good vibes jersey. Hey, there you go. Now that might be something. You know, you heard it here first. Chelsea owns the rights to it. <laughs> All right. So as we go ahead and bring this show to a close, we'll go ahead and go around the horn here and we'll give you an opportunity to plug yourselves on social media. We'll start with you, ladies first. Chelsea, where can they follow you on Twitter? Okay, Twitter is Chelsea Torres TV. Instagram is yes, I'm Chelsea. And you can Follow me on Facebook. I just don't post enough on Facebook. I feel like Facebook's like kind, I'm kind of like done with face. It is kind of. I wasn't <laughs> gonna say it, Joe, but you know, you said it first. So Twitter and Instagram is definitely where I'm at. And don't ask for Snapchat because I don't have. Oh Snapchat. man, that's oh, a yes. good call. Yes, you probably do TikTok though. Come on now. I don't have TikTok actually. We need to also see you when call. you're skating with the dog and you fall down. I want to see that. <laughs> No. <laughs> that's happened way too many times and then my legs get busted up that does not need to be on tiktok nah i'm and good <laughs> and ben where can they follow you on social media uh i am on the twitters at the underscore boomstein uh that is the only place where i will take all of your complaints <laughs> and all of all of the terrible nasty things you want to say to me or the nice things, you know, if you want to be nice and positive, that's great. You know, I'm here for that, too. Um, in fact, I'd be here for that more, actually. But uh, Twitter, uh, college basketball, I'm following it all season. Of course, I'm following the Spurs. And I am, as Adrian Wojnarowski puts it, a nimble draft mind. <laughs> he is a nimble draft mind. He knows a lot he about, is. about NBA prospects, you know, potentially coming in you know, for the upcoming draft. So if you want to pick Ben's brain about some guys you need to keep an eye on, he's, he's your, your man. expert. Yep, that's your mm-hmm. guy. The secret is to keep an eye on all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so when I say I know a guy, I'm going to send you to Ben. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> I know the boom. <laughs> right? You go yes, and, I'm here for that. You go and knock on the door three times. The password is boom. <laughs> yes. And then I open it and I yell at you. I'm the one who knocks. No, you open it <laughs> and then we'll hear the John Cena intro music and then he'll step. Yes. You get it, Joe. <laughs> but then you won't be able to see him, so what does it matter? It does yeah, it doesn't matter. He's gonna ha- be like, You can't see me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. All right. You can also follow me if you want to talk about San Antonio Spurs basketball or anything going on in the world of sports at Two Shots Podcast. It's all spelled out T W O Two Shots Podcast. And we're all big nerds at heart, too. So if you got any recommendations on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or any other streaming services that, you know, you got something that we should be watching, drop us a line. Let us know what's up. You know, we can go ahead and check it out. Maybe we'll talk about it, too. So as long as it's not too scary, because Ben don't like watching that kind of stuff. Facts. There you go. <laughs> he ain't into I do the not horror. do scary things. He ain't into the horror. I love my scary least favorite holiday. Yeah. What? I only dressed up for Halloween so I could get candy. Sure 
Are you going to dress up this year? As an adult who's almost 30, no. I'm going to have to go with no on that. Oh, man. Uh, just, unless I go to a party. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe somebody will be You will should like go with John Cena, bro. We'll go with John Cena. Oh, oh, my God. I might have to go. I mean, I have enough armbands and headbands to do that. There you go. <laughs> I want to see a I picture of that. I have to find jorts, though. Oh, yeah. You do. I don't have jorts. Even from floor, being a guy from Florida, I don't have jorts. Just go to Goodwill. Go to Goodwill or something. I'm sure they got yep, it there. Yep, go to Goodwill. I mean, that's got to be the move. Yeah, that's got to be the move. So anyway, we'll go ahead and bring this show to a close here. So for Benjamin Bornstein and Chelsea Torres, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace. <laughs>